Molly, your family owns Fish and Parkin at Malula Bar, very famous Sunshine Coast restaurant. And tonight you've got a special dinner in aid of mental health. We've got a dinner going on that is going to be raising awareness for mental illness and hopefully raising money. And then all the proceeds will be split between three charities, Beyond Blue, Kids Helpline and the Black Dog Institute. So how old are you, Molly? I'm 17. We want to stress that Molly's 17, but you actually wanted to do this interview. This is something that we yeah. would probably not do generally with someone until after they were 18, but you you think your story is so important that we should tell it. A lot of people just know me. They don't know my backstory, and I think a lot of people might be surprised of how much I've gone through, and maybe that will help people realise that it's more common than you think. So when you were about 12, you had some, some troubles. Your, your, both your parents were sick. There were some other dramas in your life. Yep. What do you believe were the first signs that you were suffering mental illness? I'd always been a bit of the odd kid throughout school. I hadn't really fit in. I was a bit of a difficult kid with schooling and teachers and stuff. And I think as I got, yeah, around that age, I started to realise that I wasn't fitting in and I, was, I wasn't happy. I was sad all the time. I was constantly worried about po- what people thought of me. It just went downhill from there. Can, can, can I just point out, though, that most teenagers go through that. What was exceptional about your situation? Well, I think it really showed up when I started self-harming. Um, and started having thoughts about suicide. And, and did so, you express those thoughts to anyone? Not for a while, no, not for a couple of years. I don't think you'll mind me saying there is evidence of your self-harm oh, on yeah. your arms yeah. and on your legs. How old were you when you first cut yourself? I was 11. Wow. I've read a fair bit about self-harm. Did you cut yourself because thinking about that stopped you thinking about what was going in your head? Yeah, a little bit. Look, it depended on the situation, really. It was sometimes there were so many emotions inside of me, it was all building up and it was a release of the pressure. And then other times it was sort of I was feeling so bad about myself that I felt like I had to punish myself. So it was a bit of both. So you were 11. That's very young to start cutting yourself. Did you do that spontaneously or had you read that some kids did that? Like, where do you think you got the idea to cut yourself? Um, I don't think I ever really read about it or was influenced by anything. Honestly, I don't really remember. It was just sort of in the moment and then I looked down and, oh, gosh, I'm bleeding. And then it was sort of that sense of relief. So it was almost trance-like. You were sort of somewhere else. Yeah, Yeah, okay. And, And tell me, if you could have asked for help, what could you have done? Oh, man, if I'd just sort of been able to go to someone when it first happened, when I was first just sort of chicken scratches, it would have, I don't think it would have gotten to this point, or at least it would have been a lot less worse. It's not as easy. It took me two years. Yeah. Because something that is evident, if you know Molly and her family, you have a very close family. You could not come from a more loving family or a more supportive family or a more relaxed family in terms of you could tell your mum and dad anything. I know them. I know that. Yeah. So you can't say, oh, well, tell your mum, because you could have told your mum. And it it wasn't actually even um, my parents who I told first. It was a, a friend at school, and I was just having such a bad day that I told her about some of my thoughts. She did the right thing at the time. I didn't think it was the right thing because I was very upset. But um, she went and told the school counsellor. They told my parents. So it wasn't even, despite me being so close with my parents, it wasn't even them who I went to first. So that must have been when you were about 13 or 14. You first got found out. Yeah. But you're 17 now. Yeah. And your battle continues. Yeah. Like there are a lot of labels to put on it, but I experienced different things. Like I experienced dissociation and memory loss 
and things like that. So on top of the depression, anxiety, I have the other symptoms of other illnesses and that makes it a lot harder. Earlier this year, you tried to kill yourself. Yeah, yeah, a few times, yeah. What put you in that place? So, I don't even know. I'd been going quite well for quite a few months. I'd had a really good run. Um, I was in school. I was doing well. I had friends. And then it just all came crashing down and I couldn't cope. Um, and that's the illness. It wasn't actually what was happening to you. No. It so, was the illness. So there was no sort of trigger that put you in there? Not not that I can think of. Um, maybe someone looked at me the wrong way. Maybe someone said something in a tone of voice that might have upset me. But it can be just the tiniest thing for an excuse for the illness yeah. to set yeah. off again. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't need to be something big. And it's like cancer. It's just a disease. Yeah. It's, it's a disease that has medication but it doesn't necessarily have a cure. You seem great. Yeah. Today? Thank you. Medication? Uh, no, actually, I'm not on medication at the moment. I pretty much have been since I've started therapy, but now I'm not. I'm just sort of seeing how I go. I know right now there are mums and dads listening to this and they're thinking about their kid that they know is in their bedroom harming or that they know is not coping at school. What is your message? I think the biggest thing is don't try and fix someone you know who's got a mental illness. Just be there for them. Just say it's okay, I understand you, I support you, because that's the biggest thing. It's not having anyone around you who you think understands you and not having anyone that you think loves you. So just reassuring them that they Mm. are loved and they are cared for. And then, of course, looking for professional help if they need it. No matter how much love you give your kid, you can't fix them. But you can be there, you can support them, and you can walk them through it. So it's obviously a bit of a mistake to maybe say to someone, oh, why don't you just go for a walk? You'll feel lots better. And yeah, that sort that's of thing. it. Like, it's like telling a blind person to look harder. It, yeah. it, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Molly, you're very brave and, uh, yeah, really important night. And yeah. there's still a couple of tickets left. We're nearly at 100, so there's a couple yeah. of tickets left. Call Fish and Parkin or you can call us right now and we'll take your details. Thank you so much. It'll be a great night and I look forward to seeing you there.